Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily, where every day of the week we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Bobby Corella. I'm from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is one of the most experienced, knowledgeable beat writers in the game. He is the legendary Dwayne Price. What's up, Dwayne? Oh, Bobby, you're so kind. I'll send you the check in the mail, okay? <laughs> I, I am just reading exactly what you told me, word for word, to say about you. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Yeah. So we were talking uh, the day after the Mavs take down the mighty Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> in overtime of uh, the final scrimmage of the season. It was a 118-115 final. Praise be, J.J. Barea was just incredible. So we're going to talk about J.J., Trey Burke, and then, of course, Luca and KP, and then whatever else comes up in conversation here on the Mavs Daily, which is brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. From our local high schools to the pros, we've got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores from all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, Dwayne, which the Mavs are about to achieve here in a couple weeks. Dallas Morning News has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and the locker room and the bubble in Orlando straight to your inbox. As soon as this podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports and catch up on all the latest Mavs news. Dwayne. The latest Mavs news in, uh, in in the world right now is Luca just torching Philadelphia last night. So uh, I, I talked to Isaac a few days ago after the Mavs second scrimmage about just kind of you know Luca's game, how he's come out of the out of the hiatus and everything. And I had kind of a theory, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this too. It seems like, and maybe it's just been a while since I've watched him play, but it seems like maybe the layoff rest his legs a little bit more. Does he look a little quicker to you, or does he just look like the same old Luca? Well, no, you, you know, he came in uh, less, well, way less than he did, you know, as a rookie. And he was quicker early on before the uh, pandemic hit. And now he's even quicker. I mean, he's, he's like getting to the basket at will. And, you know, I'm watching this game. You know, you, you take stuff and you, and you look back at it and say, wait a minute now. Then you start thinking of the top players that are in the game today. And I'm not so sure Luca's not in the top five. I mean, when you stop and think, I mean, there's, there's LeBron, of course, uh, the Greek freak over in, in, in Milwaukee. There's Kawhi. There's Harden. And KD's not healthy right now. We don't know if we're going to see the, the old KD again. I mean, he's coming off that, that surgery and all that. So I'm saying I'm saying Luca right in there with that group, and you know last night he got what 23 points, seven rebounds, and six assists in 26 minutes. And okay, if we playing a regulation game, you know he, if he's getting his regular 31, 32 minutes, you know we talking 32, 10 and 10, triple double or whatever. I mean, and he he's got we're leading the league in triple doubles of course this year with 14. I mean the guy's amazing. He, he's 21 years old. I mean, folks, enjoy this. I remember when Dirk was 21. Dirk was just getting there because he came to the NBA at, at age 19, and, and he struggled those first couple of years. But it was around year three or year four when he kind of, like, took off. Well, Luca came into the league taking off. You know, he said, I got this. You know, I'm the MVP over in Europe. You know, so what, you guys, at the NBA? I'm going to show you what I can do. And he came right out of the gate showing us what he can do. Record of the year last year. Starting the All-Star game this year, 
And I'm telling you, Mouse man, you better enjoy this. And when we thought we, we was only going to see one Dirk, and we did see, only see one Dirk, and we was fortunate enough to have him for 20 years, if they get Luca, the Mavericks get Luca for 20 years, he's going to break all kind of records. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> unbelievable. And uh, he probably win a couple of MVPs and, and maybe two or three NBA titles. And it's only year two for him, too, man. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and, and last night, you know, it's, these are scrimmages. And so, obviously, you know, you, you can't look too far into how anybody plays because everyone is sort of trying to get back in shape. But last night, he's doing it against Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel, who are two of the best defenders. I mean, Ben Simmons might be the best defender in the NBA on the perimeter. He is a lockdown guy. And Luca was right. making it look easy. But what, what was really impressive to me was, I think it was in the third quarter, the Mavs came out and, you know, everything was just kind of sort of, you know, both teams were really struggling. I don't think either team shot above like 36% last night. It was, it was pretty tough, but they just started feeding Luca in the post. And right. I mean, he was taking Thibault right to the rim and, and, and laying it in over him and Simmons, like it was nothing. It was unbelievable because I mean, like, you know, this is the modern NBA. No one really posts up anymore. So you don't really expect these guys to maybe spend too much time working on it in the summer or anything, but Luca was just, I mean, he had the angles and, and using his body and finishing with touch around the rim. Like, this is like really advanced level stuff that he just made look so casual. Yeah, and he got to the rim whenever he wanted to get to the rim. And like you say, he went down there and posted up. I mean, he's he legit six foot seven, you know, maybe six, seven and a half. And, you know, weighs about 230, 240. He's a big kid. He, he, and, he, and he's strong, too. And he's only 21 years old. And I'm telling you, if you don't double this guy, even if you do double him, he's going to find somebody that's open. So that's just like he just got beat again. He's, going, he's got so many ways he can beat you. He's just amazing. It is a joy to go out to the arena and watch him play. I remember when Jason Kidd was a rookie. I couldn't wait to get to the arena and see what Jason Kidd was going to do that night. That's the same way with Luca. I can't wait to get to the arena and see what Luca's going to do because he's going to do. He's going to show you something that you hadn't seen before. And yep. he's got so many moves, so many weapons. He is so dangerous. It's almost like if you're an opposing coach, and you know, and you're going over the game plan and you're studying film, and you're looking at Luca. You're like, okay, well, this guy's going to get healed, so we now we're not even worry about him. You know, let's try to stop these other four guys because no matter what you do, what you're going to do. Luca is going to beat you. That's how yeah, good he is. Absolutely. Well, and last night, too, like, coming out of the gate, he airballed a three. Like, his outside shot was not falling. And then you're thinking, okay, it might be a tough game for him. And then he's like, no, actually, I'm just going to stop shooting jump shots, and I'm just going to get to the basket every time. So, like, he can beat right. you in so many different ways. He's such a complete offensive player. But he's only 21, man. That's the thing. Like, he's just a, he's just a child, you know? He's a child, and he's out here just dominating. But <laughs> – that post-up stuff is really important, I think, because, you know, the Mavs want to spread it you out and, and, and move the ball and shoot a lot of threes and stuff. They're one of two teams ever who have attempted at least 40 threes a game over an entire season. But, uh, you know, crunch time is the game is slowing down, especially in the playoffs. You know, teams are really sniffing out your stuff. And so sometimes it's just better to just give the ball – to your best player and just get out of the way, right? And sometimes that means giving it to Luke at the top of the key and letting him try and take guys off the dribble. But if he's that good in the post, then, you know, for a team that's had some crunch time issues this season, maybe posting Luca up late in games is a, is a good way to get an easy shot. And, and that's the good thing about, and I say this all the time about players, 
work on your weakness. You already know your strengths. You can do that all the time. Like it's like it always amazes me that guys who are most of the guys in the NBA are right-handers. So why don't you work on your left? Because uh, and first of all, I don't even know how some of them get to the league and can't go to their left if they're right-handed. <laughs> but but, uh, but Luca, what I like about him, you know, we didn't see him post up that much last year. But I don't know if that was a weakness or whatever. He just didn't care about doing it. But like you say, last night, he went down there and he got whatever he wanted. And I think if he does that more often, that's just going to make him even more dangerous. Because if you're a defense, I mean, what do you do? You got to send another guy at him. And you know if you send two guys at him, I mean, this guy, Luca has like four or five sets of eyes. He's going to find an open guy. So he, he he's either going to beat you with his left or beat you with his right or beat you with his eye. He's going to beat you. That's just the way it is. It is what it is. Just deal with it. Dude, he is so good, man. We're we're very lucky to get to watch him, like you said. Um, so okay, uh, you can't send too much pressure at Luca, of course, because they have Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, Dorian Finney-Smith, and then also the guy who made one of the biggest impacts on the game last night was Chris Stapps Porzingis. Uh, he did not play in the Mavs' second scrimmage because he missed a uh, coronavirus test, and in the first scrimmage against the Lakers everyone's minutes were pretty much down because, you know, it was the first one, but his especially because he was dealing with foul trouble. And so last night was really kind of the first time that we got to see him play a full minutes load and, and all that stuff since the scrimmages began. And in, in the first quarter, especially, he was just awesome. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of not only the way he played last night, but how he's played really since they moved him to, to center after Dwight Powell ruptured his Achilles, they moved KP to the five and just basically started feeding him the rock all the time. And uh, he he really kind of transformed as a player. And you were so good and so happy to see KP have the game that he had last night, 17 points and 12 rebounds, including one stretch in the first quarter where he had 13 straight points for the Mavericks. I scored Philadelphia by himself, 13 to three during that five minute stretch. Cause he, he struggled against the Lakers. Like I say, he was in fouls over five fouls. He only had eight points, only played 15 minutes against the Lakers. And, of course, he, he missed the game against the Pacers. I mean, he he looked great last night. I mean, I was, I was kind of concerned because, like, like he didn't do much against the Lakers and then obviously missed the game against the Pacers. So it's like, we need to get, need this guy to get back to, to what he was doing before the pandemic hit because him and Luca was on the same page. I mean, he was getting double-doubles and Luca was getting triple-doubles. I mean, it's like, oh. Uh, okay, these guys are ready to take this thing to another level. So now that he's back on track, I think the Mavericks look good. They're in good shape going into uh, Friday's game uh, against the Houston Rockets, which is a very big game because the Mavs are only a game and a half behind Houston and Oklahoma City in the uh, in the standings. And if they win that game, that's like a two-game swing. Now they're on a half a game behind them. So uh, I like what K- well, I saw out of KP. So I, it's like a big sigh of relief, so to speak. Yeah, and what was interesting about it is that Joel Embiid didn't play for Philly, but KP was still going up against Al Horford, who's one of the best defenders that the league has seen. And I mean, he's so good. He's he's a really, really good defender on the post, on the perimeter. He can do everything, block shots, make it tough for you. KP had a couple finishes uh, over him and against Norval Pell around the rim. Uh, he had that one play where he sealed Horford, caught it, and finished over him lefty, which was really nice to see. You're talking about guys finishing with their left hand. It was a really strong move from KP. Um, but going into that game against Houston, they don't have anybody like that on the roster. I mean, their tallest <laughs> starter, I think, is Robert Covington. P.J. Tucker's a really thick guy, sturdy guy. It's going to make it tough around you. But the last time the Mavs played Houston, 
KP had 35 points and 12 rebounds, and it looked very, very easy for him because they just don't have anybody, any any type of length to really bother him at all. Right, and, uh, and when Houston really goes small, they put P.J. Tucker at center. He's on a 6'7". That's just not going to cut it. I mean, KP is 7'3". I mean, he's going he to get what he wants to get. I mean, the Rockets, they are who they are. I mean, they're just going to run up and down the court, jack up a bunch of three-pointers, and you know, if they don't, they don't miss their, they don't uh, hit a lot of them. Then the Mavericks in good shape. And these are actually, these are two of the top three, uh, top two uh, three-point shooting teams in the entire league. So uh, it's going to be interesting on Friday night. And James Harden, of course, he was in rap form uh, last night against Boston with 35 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. So Mavs going to have their hands full, but. The Rockets were dealt a big blow when uh, Eric Garden uh, hurt his ankle last night, so he's going to be out for one or two weeks. So uh, that's an advantage. You never want to see anybody get hurt, but that is an advantage for the Mavericks, the fact that the Rockets will be without Eric Garden on Friday night. Yeah, he's one of their best shooters. And like you said, Houston is the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA in terms of number of attempts per game. They take like almost 45 per game or just something insane i mean it's like a mind-bending amount of threes and eric gordon has taken you know eight or ten of them himself and he's an awesome shooter and so that is a big blow to houston and that is a huge game like you said too if you want to move up in the standings that is a great way to do it you beat houston because you're a game and a half behind them and if you lose that game then you're two and a half behind them and with only eight games on the schedule it's gonna be really really tough to catch them they can also potentially pass okc and they're only two and a half games behind utah who they also play. And so if you can win those two head-to-head games, then, man, anything is possible. You can move up one or even two spots in the standings and uh, avoid the Clippers that way, which would be very good. So uh, before we talk about Trey Burke and Berea, I actually have a, a question for you about this. Uh, this will be, as everybody knows, KP and Luca's first time in the playoffs. And you've covered the Mavs for a very long time. You covered, you know, Jason Kidd back in the day. You covered Dirk basically throughout his entire career. Um and so in your experience, and before that, you covered, you know, the rest of the NBA for a very long time. So in your experience, even even whenever you have, you know, players who are as good as, as Luka and KP are, um, they're still young. This is still their first experience. What is it like for, um, you know, young guys, even all NBA, all-star caliber players to get their first playoff experience? Um this is obviously an unusual situation because of the bubble and everything, but still it's their first time. Uh, so what can they expect and, and what do, what, what do teams usually do to try and like keep these guys focused and, and everything? Because there is a little bit of pressure on them given that it's the playoffs. You know, uh, it, it, it may be a little different for KP, but I don't think it's different for Luca because he's been there, done that. Yeah. It wasn't in the NBA, but, you know, he, he played in the finals and won a title in Europe. And he was the MVP of the finals, MVP of the regular season. So, And that was in the second-best league in the world. So with him, I don't think it's that much different, you know, as a matter of fact. And, and you know how sometimes when you go to a game and you're looking at something else inside the game while the other fans are looking at something else? That's where I, what I always did with Luca When he first came into the league, I knew, knew what he had done in Europe. But – Here's the thing. The first time they played the Warriors, the Warriors were the defending NBA champ. Luka came out, bang, 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 at eight points like in the first two and a half minutes of the game. It was like, hey, I'm here. I know you guys are the champs, but I was the champ where I came from. Look at me now. And the only game that 
that he he, he was kind of nervous. It was the first time playing against LeBron, and obviously LeBron was his child, childhood idol and all that. But the next time he played LeBron, oh, it was game on. I mean, they was going at each other. You know, I think they both got a triple double, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so for him going into the playoff series, I don't I don't think it changes much, other than the fact that he's going to be more focused and more determined, and, and probably going to take his game to another level. KP maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit nervous, but I, I think probably about the second half or so he'll probably settle down and and become the player that you know we already know that, that he is. You know, he made the All Star team in 2018, but some of those guys may be starry eyed and all that, but I think it's going to help them from the fact that there's no fans there, so you don't have any fans that, that get on your nerves and make you even more nervous. So I think that plays in the Mavericks' hand because you and I both know. The Mavericks were a better road team this year than a, than a home team, and all the games are going to be on the road. So this could play right in the Mavericks' hands, and and I wouldn't be shocked if they get to the second round of the playoffs. And if they get to the second round, anything can happen, man. One injury here, one injury there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And not having to play an extra game on the road because the Mavs will almost certainly be um, you know in the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff bracket. So not having to play game one and game seven on the road is great. The AAC obviously gets very, very, very loud, especially during the playoffs. That place gets lit. But, I mean, you're talking about, like, having to play at altitude in Denver or going to Utah, which is also in the mountains. The fans there are crazy. I mean, there's so many teams. Obviously, Staples Center and, and L.A. and every, all that entails, whether you play the Clippers or the Lakers, uh, not having to go on the road, I think, is going to – it's it's kind of almost like on easy mode. Uh because you don't have to play in front of crazy fans, even though playing down in the bubble has got to be very, very challenging too in its own way. But it is kind of, uh, you know, maybe it, it, like you said, it's a huge advantage that you don't have to play an extra game on the road, which means that upsets are, are I think, more likely and more achievable throughout the bracket in both conferences. Um, yeah. Okay. So last night, KP was back and Luca was great, but. Really, one of the more interesting things was in the first half, uh, Rick Carlisle went to Trey Burke instead of J.J. Barea, and Burke was awesome, you know, in the first quarter, second quarter. He was really, really good. Uh, And then you're thinking, okay, maybe, you know, maybe Trey's going to replace J.J. in the rotation. Is he a younger guy? Maybe a little quicker um, and and all that stuff. And then Rick puts J.J. in in the fourth, and J.J. just goes ballistic, drops like 14, 15 points, hits a couple – deep threes to give the Mavs the lead in, in the fourth quarter and overtime. He was awesome, was dropping dimes all over the place. Had two really, really nice passes, one to Justin Jackson, one to Josh Reeves, where both guys unfortunately missed the shot. But, I mean, he was just – he was playing on another level, very clearly uh, probably thinking like, okay, Rick, okay, all right, you're going to go with Trey. Well, don't forget about, don't forget about old JJ. Um, but, I mean, man, like – it's first off, it's great to see JJ Ball, and he's one of my favorite players ever. He, I, I love watching him play, but more importantly, right. you know, again, it's a scrimmage, so you can't look too far into it. But like, which which of these guys is going to get minutes? I mean, Trey Burke had a great audition, but JJ was awesome too. Uh, maybe neither of them would play more than ten minutes anyway, because you know Luke is going to play thirty-five or forty minutes in a game. But I mean, both of them kind of made strong cases to to be part of the rotation. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be J.J. And, and, and the reason he, uh, Rick went to uh, uh, Trey Burke earlier because it was Trey's first game. He had to see, you know, 
you know, blow some dust off the pipes, so to speak, and, and see where this guy's at. And, uh, you know, he played 25 games for the Mavericks last year. And, of course, he uh, signed with Philadelphia and played 25 games for the Sixers this year before they let him go. But uh, he looked good, you know, uh, 9.3 assists in 22 minutes. Not bad, but uh, and, and people forget last year, J.J. was the guy who ran the second unit. He didn't get much playing time this year. You know, he had the injury and had the surgery on the Achilles tendon. And uh, so he come back from came back from that. But he he's, he's got a lot of. He's got a lot of minutes left in him. The fact that he didn't play that much this year, you know, he's he's ready to go. I mean, like you say, he had some 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 potential dimes last night that guys blew, and of course he hit the uh, game winning shot last night, hit the three pointer that put the Mavericks ahead, uh, stay in overtime. So uh, if if he goes, I mean, without Jalen Bronson, I think the first guard coming off the bench is probably going to be JJ. That's what I think, and and well, and, and it should be too. Yeah, one of the few guys on the team with playoff experience. And obviously he's got loads of it, you know, having been the finals with the Mavs and, you know, on countless playoff runs in between before and after that. But, um, yeah, I mean, dude, he was hitting those. He was, like, pulling up from 30 feet just draining it. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And it was good to see, too, because in the first couple of scrimmages, really, you know, the starters were always great. You know, Luca and, and Seth Curry and all these guys were playing well. But – you know, the Mavs would go to the bench and sometimes they'd keep up the momentum and sometimes they'd falter a little bit. So it was good to see uh, J.J. pick it back off. And Trey Burke played very well, too, because you never know, man. All it takes is, you know, Luca spraining his ankle or getting hit by a robotic camera and missing a game or something. And, and all of a sudden, these guys are going to be thrust into huge minutes. And so, uh, you know, it's better to have two good backup point guards than none. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. You can never have too many ball handlers, that's for sure. I mean, because a lot of times if teams start pressing you and you can't get the ball across the court because you don't have a ball handler, uh, you're in trouble. So uh, I think the Mavs are in, in, in good shape there. And, and the other place I think they're in good shape is uh, is uh, at, at the center position. We, we were all worried when, uh, of course, Dwight Powell had the surgery and won't be able to play. And uh, Willie Collins Stein uh, had a baby. So he's not in the bubble, so he won't be able to play. But Boban, as I mean, this guy's been playing terrific. Of course, the last game of the of, of the season before the pandemic, he had 31 and 17 against Denver, and then he opened up against the Lakers with uh, 17 and 13. So uh, I think they're in good shape there. You know, that, there's some there's going to be some times where he can't play because of matchups, but there's going to be some times where he when he does play. I mean, he's a he's seven foot four and like two ninety, so he's a matchup nightmare. And I think Rick Carlisle gonna gonna find a way to utilize him to you know to to, to bring some damage to the other team, you know, and give them something to think about. Boban is a beast. The NBA is not ready for him, Dwayne. The NBA is not ready. Uh, okay, before we get out of here, uh, the regular season is starting on Friday night. It's Mavs Rockets, and then they got another game on Sunday. That's against Phoenix, and so. Uh, basically, in, in a two-week span, they're going to play eight games. So two weeks from today, basically, uh, we'll know who the Mavs will be playing in the playoffs, what kind of form they're in, and all that stuff. And so it's, it's going to be fast and furious. So uh, before this thing gets rolling, though, um, I want you to tell me, in order for the Mavs to move up in the standings or to just have a really strong eight-game restart and be playing well going into the playoffs, what – 
one or two or three things like need to happen where two weeks from now, if we're sitting there and the Mavs are playing great, we're going to be like, okay, yeah, it's because of X, Y, and Z. They got to play, they got to play better defense. I mean, you and I both know the Mavericks can just show up at the arena and they'll score 110 points, but they got to be able to get some stops, you know, because they, they gave up 104 to the Lakers in, in the first scrimmage and, and LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't play half the game, you know, and, that, and not to mention that that was a 40-minute game. So they, they got to step their defense up, and, and they got to do better rebounding. I mean, you don't necessarily have to win the rebounding battle, but you can't lose it by seven, eight, nine, ten rebounds. That's just not going to cut it. Plus, they got to shoot free throws better. I mean, they've been, for some reason, I'm not sure why they're having an issue with the, at the free throw line, but if they do those three things, those three things, I, I think they have a, a pretty good shot of getting to the second round. And and once you get to the second round, now you've gotten a lot of confidence and now you're just playing lights out. So anything can happen. You find yourself in the Western Conference Finals. It's the fundamentals, man. We call them fun for a reason because it's fun. It's fun to rebound. It's fun to make free throws. It's free points. Right, no one's right. guarding you. Right. Everybody loves to score. So just, <laughs> just go ahead and, uh, and drop those bad boys in. Give yourself a couple free points. All right, Dwayne, thank you for joining me today. Is there any uh, any final words that you want to you wanna say before we get out of here? The only other final thing is, I mean, the big elephant in the room, obviously, is the Mavs don't want to play the Clippers. That's a bad matchup for them. But the Clippers have issues. issues. Right now, if the playoffs started, of course, the Clippers are second and the Mavs are seventh. They would meet. But the Clippers are only a game and a half ahead of third place Denver. And the Mavs are a game and a half behind uh, Houston and uh, and Oklahoma City, so uh, I I just don't want a situation where the, the Clippers drop down to the three spot and the Mavs move up to the six spot and then they still play the Clippers. That <laughs> <laughs> would be a cruel joke. <laughs> yeah, so if they can avoid the Clippers in, in the first round, I, I think they'd be in, in, in great shape. And the Clippers have all kind of issues right now going on. Of course, Lou Williams uh, going to miss the first two games after you know, uh, spending time at the uh, strip club in Atlanta and had to spend 10 days in quarantine back in uh, in, or, in, or, in Orlando. And Patrick Beverly uh, just got back uh, from the Clippers. He, he, he was out too, and he may play tomorrow night against the Lakers. And, uh, so they, they, and Montrezl Harrell, he, he won't. He probably not going to play against the Lakers either. Yeah, he won't play. They don't know when he's going to get back. So uh, Yeah, he's not even there right now. Yeah, he's not there. So the Clippers may drop down to the three spot. And uh, the Mavericks could get the five and they could get the four, you know. So we just don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, it's going to be fast and furious. It's going to be eight quick games, you know, eight games in about, what, 14 days. And uh, and then the playoffs start. So uh, so it's going to be interesting. Mavs fans, uh, get, uh, as T.O. say, get your popcorn ready because it's it's going to be some exciting basketball, and it's a good thing. I'm glad they're all in, in one spot and not like Major League Baseball all over the place and, you know, risking the chance of uh, COVID-19 uh, spreading, you know, to some more players and, and more staff members. God, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for basketball, Dwayne. I cannot yeah. wait. It's going to be very exciting, and uh, you can always keep up with the Mavs, not only by watching them, on uh, Fox Sports Southwest or listening on ESPN Radio, but also reading about them on Mavs.com. Dwayne's covering the game all the time. And also on the Dallas Morning News, too. So 
Uh, we are, Mavs fans are very lucky to get some, some really incredible coverage from Dwayne and Eddie here at our website. And then also Brad and Callie over at the Dallas morning news. It's, it's a good time to be a Mavs fan. And we are about to, uh, we're about to take the first step on what will hopefully be a 20 year journey of joy and, uh, you know, maybe like 15 or 16 championships. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, all right. Only 16? Only 16? Come on. Yeah, buddy. okay. Right. Well, you know, I want, to, I want to be modest here. I want to, I want to be modest. But, all right, Dwayne, thank you for joining me. And thank you for listening wherever you are in the world. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Mavs Daily, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Share it with a friend. Let everybody know this is the best Mavs podcast in the world, especially now that Dwayne Price has joined because, I mean, man, like I said, Dwayne is legendary. Dwayne is legendary. Uh, thank you again for listening. Hope you all have a great day, and we will be back with you tomorrow on Mavs Daily. Mavs Daily.